We'll get back to it this Wednesday night. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, let's get into the word of God today. I want to get into this and uh, begin to explore uh, what I believe the Lord is sharing with us uh, for this, this moment. Amen. Open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews. Hebrews, if you don't know where it is, go all the way to the back of the book and then work your way to the front. <laughs> Hebrews. When you get there, find chapter 10. <laughs> Hebrews 10. Is everybody doing all right? Yes, sir. Everybody blessed and you know you're blessed? Yes, sir. Praise God. Everybody full of joy? Yes. All right, here's a big question. Is everybody happy? Yes. All right, all right. Good. God wants you to be happy. Happy, 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 happy. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You want we to live, be happy. Amen. All right, Hebrews 10, are you there? Okay, let's begin reading at verse 4, and we'll finish at verse 14. Can we handle that? Is that too many verses for you? Okay, all right, good. All right, Hebrews 10. Verse 4 through 14, ready, read. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, oh God. Now y'all know who's talking right here, right? It's Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus is saying, I've come to do God your will. Okay, verse eight. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor have pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was a lot, but let's hone in right on verse 14. Verse 14. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. I want to use today on the subject uh, word I hear around my house quite a bit, flawless. We're going to talk today about flawless. Everybody say flawless. flawless. Say it again, flawless. flawless. Father God, thank you today for giving us the opportunity to spend this time in your word. Father, I ask you for the help of the Holy Ghost. I ask you for the power of the anointing. I ask you 
for your grace upon me to minister these words to your people, Father. I can't do this without you. I refuse to even try. So I ask you, Father, to have your way in me. Speak through me. Lord, and minister to these, to these your people through me today. And I pray, Father, that every heart, every ear, every mind, every eye would be open to hear and receive your word. And I pray, Father, that the word that we receive today, God, will make a mark in our lives, an indelible impression upon our lives, Father, that will change us for now and forever, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, speak, Lord. Amen and amen. All right, take your seats in the house of the God of the Lord as we talk about flawless. Everybody say it again, flawless. Glory to God. How many of you ever heard that word, flawless? Hallelujah. That's a very popular uh, word in today's modern time in social media and the kind of uh, area era that we live in now. Everybody's trying to be flawless. Glory to God. In fact, we live in a society that is driven by the relentless pursuit of superficial perfection. Our, our society is driven by the pursuit, relentless pursuit of superficial external perfection and even more with the advent of Facebook and Instagram everybody's going for that flawless look that flawless body that flawless photo people spend a lot of time and energy and money all their resources and doing whatever it takes to be perfect perfect flawless on the outside Superficial, externally, flawless. I was interested in this subject as the Lord began to deal with me on this. And I just, I pulled some stats. I just find this very interesting. I want to show you something here. That, that according to, to uh, my research, since 2003, the cosmetics industry has doubled in annual revenue from $31 billion a year to over $62 billion a year. Do you understand that? The cosmetics industry. <laughs> From $31 billion a year in 2003. Now some of y'all are excited. Some of y'all are Mary Kay and Avon and Mac. You know y'all are representatives and agents and everything. Y'all are happy. You ought to get a piece of that pie. What's wrong with you? How come you're not rich yet? Americans are spending $62 billion a year on cosmetics. Makeup. That's makeup. Makeup. My wife has spent a whole huge chunk of that herself. I have two girls in the house. Glory to God. I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm just making an observation. Come on, help me out, all, all you married men in here. All you married men in here. On average, how much time does your missus spend in the mirror? You're trying to go. You just want to run to the store. You just want to run to the mall. You just want to run to somewhere. Come on, how much time? I'm messing with somebody now. Now, we're not complaining about the outcome. 
We're just, just sort of, you know, agitated by how long it takes. There's got to be something you can just throw on there and just. I mean, our, our, one of our daughters is doing, now doing makeup videos and everything. And so she just, she explores researchers' makeup to, to no end and everything. And, you know, she can't really wear it outside. But if you were to come to my house on any given day. You see our 13-year-old all made up like she's, you know, and oh my God, just shocks us as she walks in the room. Take it off, take it all off, take it all off. <laughs> you can play dress up all you want to, take all that mess off before you walk out of my house. <laughs> 62 billion, with a B, dollars every year. And here, here's, here's what, I, what I, I, they, I hear them say, because, you know, my wife and the two girls run the house, and even when Alexis is home, you know, they'll talk about this. You know, girl, you, it's flawless. Eyebrows on fleek. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't know what that even means, but eyebrows on fleek. How did I do? Girl, that's flawless. $62 billion, 2016. We don't even know 2017's numbers yet, but the trajectory says it's going up. We understand that. Hallelujah. $62 billion a year trying to hide imperfections. Is that right? Is that what it is? Come on now. So I hear people saying, no, no, no. Trying to hide imperfections. Well, my, my pores and I have this blemish and this mark and this, you know, dark spot and, you know, my skin, my uneven skin tone. And come on, am I, is these, are these the right words I'm using? I have some people. Okay, help me. Up. These are words. I got a mole over here and a pimple over there. And oh God, I got people walking around with toothpaste. I, one of my kids came the other, other day, the girl, I thought she was anointing herself with oil. She had a big old spot. I said, what, girl, you anointing yourself? Oh no, I got a zit. Oh. She said pimple, I think is what she said. I'm like, oh my God. Praise the Lord. Trying to be flawless. $62 billion a year. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me define flawless for you. Here's what the word flawless means from the dictionary. It means without any blemishes or imperfections. It means perfect. That's what the word flawless means. Without any blemishes or imperfections. Perfect. So when... Uh, I apologize, because there are, I found out men wear makeup too. Yeah. I, I did. I, not any men I know, but I found out men, not any men that I run with, but I found out men do wear makeup too. Hallelujah. I don't mean for TV, I mean just regular basis. Now, I did think about getting a little makeup, I, I, I don't admit this, because as, as I begin to mature, my hairline began to uh, kind of move a little. I was moving faster than my head than my hairline. And um, as, as, as I did, D, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so as I, as I did, no, I, it's, it's real. 
And so as I, I noticed that the hair was receding, I had all this light, I was light skinned still around here. And so I was, I was asking my daughter, you know, could y'all do a little... No, we're going all over the world on this camera, you know what I'm saying? We got high def cameras now, you can see all of that. I mean, you know, I'm just, just going to talk to you for a minute. I'm talking about being flawless. No, you know, I was, you know, was, I'm, I'm 46 now and uh, praise the Lord, and strong 46. And, you know, praise the Lord. And, uh, but, you know, I spent all yesterday morning, we had a baseball game and all that kind of stuff yesterday morning. And so at the baseball game, hanging out with people and then get in the car and uh, my wife says, Hey, look at your nose. I looked at my nose, and there's this long gray hair. I wasn't, it wasn't anything. It was a gray hair. It was, it was a hair. Long gray hair. Like down to my lip almost. Like, like oh my. How come you didn't tell me at 8 o'clock this morning I had this thing in my... So you know, man, I got my little thing out this morning. Why? I want to be flawless. But I, I'm not in relentless pursuit of external perfection. But that's what flawless means. We're going to deal with that today, here, and next week, and so forth. Is without any blemishes or imperfections. So... The makeup, the cosmetics industry, is it thrives because people are trying to hide blemishes and imperfections. They want to appear perfect. The Instagram photo has to be perfect. I've even heard of people uh, who, who get engaged and they have pictures of them, them get engaged. And then they look at the picture and say, no, let's redo it. Because I saw a flaw. Well, you just lost the whole moment of the engagement. But because I need my picture to be flawless, because once it goes on Instagram, it's timeless. External perfection. People are spending all the resources in pursuit of external perfection. Let me give you another stat here. The American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Now we're going way past makeup here. The American Society of Plastic Surgeons reported that Americans spent more than $16 billion on cosmetic plastic surgeries and minimally invasive procedures in 2016, the most ever spent in the U.S. on such operations. Now, this, this is somebody saying, I need more than a little makeup. I need more than a little bit of, little bit of concealer. You know, people, I found out, you know, because I watch, I watch the women in my house, you know, that, not, not for them, but they watch these videos, that, you know, you can put on certain makeup that makes your nose look more narrow. And contouring. Contour, oh, that's what it's called, contouring. I haven't found out they have something called body contouring. Y'all yeah. ever heard of body contouring? Some of y'all never heard of body contouring. Well, is, is that surgery? What was this? It can be. Okay, so this is what was happening. $16 billion was spent in 2016 on cosmetic plastic surgeries and minimally invasive procedures. Why? People, I don't like my nose. I don't like the uh, shade of my skin. I don't like, you know, people doing, well, this is some other stuff. <laughs> They're, they're augmenting everything. 
I mean, it's to the point now, fellas, listen. I'm going to just talk to the fellas, all, all the single fellas. If you're going to date a woman, I advise you go to, go to Wet n Wild, go to Adventure Island. Make sure she gets wet, soaking wet. That way you see the real deal. Because once all the makeup is run off, eyelashes be way over here and everything. You know what you're, so you're not shocked when you look, wake up on the wedding night. Be like Jacob looking at Leah. Look, he's looking for Rachel, but he's looking, oh, Leah, right? That's what your Bible talks about. Thought I was married Rachel, but you got Leah, buddy. You got Leah. So people are spending $16 billion. Body contouring. Body contouring. I like that. A lot of people are doing body contouring. You know, there's a girl from here, uh, from Cluewater. Her name is uh, Sarah Blankley, I think is who uh, she became a billionaire of body contouring. Yes, sir. Y'all know what it's called. She took this, these, learned how to take this fabric that stretches but controls and, and show how to put it on your, on your body, on your, she moved into now putting it on here and all over. It's called Spanx. Y'all ever heard of Spanx? Y'all ever heard of Spanx? And, and, uh, it's it's about it's cause you know you got little bumps and little lumps and little you know cellulite and stuff all you trying to make sure that stuff not is not visible. Some of y'all smile, smile. Y'all ain't smile yet. It's space. It's space. I'm I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get to the Bible here. Space is real. I'm talking about superficial perfection. The lengths that people go to for. I asked about Spanx. I did. I was in I was in Dillers one day and I was shoot, uh, suit shopping, and one of the guys in Dillers I said, "Hey man, what? Tell me about these Spanx." Because I was thinking about it, you know, because I'm I'm not at my high school weight anymore. So I asked, I asked the uh, salesman. I said, "Man, tell me about what do you think about these Spanx?" He says, "Spanx, they they are really nice under a suit." Oh, he got me right there. <laughs> he knew Pastor likes to wear suits. So he said, You want a Spanx? And I bought one too. Shut up. I did. I bought one. I did. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. You 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 shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Are you wearing one now? That ain't for you to know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. You will never know. I'm not saying I am. I'm just telling you I bought one. Praise the Lord. In 2017, more than 17.5 million cosmetic procedures were performed in the U.S. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand this. How big this is to become flawless. 17 and a half million cosmetic procedures per performed in the U.S. 
Why? Because people are dissatisfied with their external characteristics. And it's one thing to be dissatisfied and you want to change something, but there's another thing to, be, to become obsessed. To become obsessed in this pursuit of perfection. Superficial perfection. So I begin to say, well, who's behind this? Well, the answer became very easy. Satan. Satan's behind it because he was perfect. Lucifer. I, I want to show you what's behind people spending $62 billion a year. What's behind people spending $16 billion a year on cosmetic surgery? To go under a knife. There's a demon spirit behind it. This isn't, this is not reconstructive surgery when somebody's had a car accident and something went wrong and they had to fix this. Is, this that, that number is totally separate from this. This is just, oh, tuck it, nip it, snip it, lift it, drop it, spread it, pump it. People, okay, y'all don't like this. I might as well dig at you because some of y'all ain't gonna smile till next Tuesday. There was a girl got arrested down in the Miami area. People crazy down Miami area. I don't know what's up with Miami, boy. A girl, people wanted, wanted to get uh, larger uh, derrieres. Can I use that word? So badly, I found out you can buy fake derrieres too. I didn't even know that. I didn't, y'all know what I'm talking about. You can buy these pads. Okay, anyway. And, uh, this is, okay. So anyway, People were so desperate to get these, get the look, that they were going to this one lady who was not a medical doctor, not a, not a plastic surgeon, not a nurse, not a, she wasn't even a CNA, she was nothing. But she had a record that, hey, she can make your uh, bum big. Man, people were going to her, found out she was pumping concrete or cement fix a flat and silicone in the people's bodies getting, getting all sick and stuff she's in jail now thank you lord but this is the, the lengths people go through go to because of the, the outcome the look that they want to have alright I, I better go to bible for some of y'all Ezekiel Ezekiel you know, I'm getting mad at me because I'm not. He didn't open no Bible yet. Ezekiel, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to show you who's behind this. Ezekiel 28, and we're gonna get somewhere here today. Ezekiel 28, verse 11. Glory to God. Old Testament, you got it. All right, Ezekiel 28, verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel saying, "Son of man, take up a lamentation." For the king of Tyre, the king of Tyre is a picture, is a, is a human picture of, of Lucifer. All right. So whenever you read the king of Tyre, it's about Satan. All right. And say to him, thus says the Lord God, you are the seal of perfection. <laughs> I want you to, this is Lucifer, okay? How God describe Lucifer's first 
uh, estate, how he, how he, he was created. Yes. You are the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Are you hearing this? You are in Eden, the garden of God. We know he showed up in Eden, right? That serpent. Every precious stone was your covering. Talk about bling. The sardius, topaz, and diamond. <laughs> Beryl, onyx, and jasper. Sapphire, turquoise. I want to just, just imagine the look, how that looks. An emerald with gold. I want you to see the devil, Lucifer, he was at that time, was flawless, beautiful, splendid, brilliant. Not just in his mind full of wisdom, but in his appearance. Brilliant. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes, timbrels and pipes, which meant that God in Lucifer's body had uh, built these timbrels, these pipes whereby he made music, make sound. Perfect sound. You can't, Latoya, you can blow, but Lucifer? Come on now. He, he's, he's, he's the originator of worship. In fact, that was his, his angelic assignment. He was the lead worshiper in heaven. That's why he hates praise and worship. Because we've taken his spot. Okay? Verse 14. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. Verse 15. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. Oh, God. You were perfect in your ways. Perfect in your beauty. Perfect in your ways. Until iniquity, come on, was found in you. Oh, y'all missing that. You just missed it. On the exterior, on the outside, perfect, beautiful, glorious, splendid, brilliant. But on the inside, iniquity was found in you. So he was, Satan's pride was because of his beauty. His arrogance that would make him so audacious that he would even rise up against God himself was because of his external beauty. That's the issue with this narcissistic society that we live in. I'm going to try to preach if y'all don't let me. That, that the, when you start addressing your external so much so and you become obsessed with it you rise up to become your own God I might as well just preach about this today you become your own God you begin to worship your own self how you look, how you dress, everything about your hair everything is about you, you become narcissistic you have followed the pattern of Lucifer the reason he rose against God 
was because of how beautiful he was. I'm going to clap for myself right now. I'm going to clap for myself. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. And from there, God cast him down. Because he let his external supersede this internal corruption. Iniquity. Corruption was found inside. So no wonder the devil is behind this, this agenda or this push today to get people so focused on external beauty, external per now I'm not talking about you should go around looking ugly. Now yeah, let me let's, let's just let's just let me, let me stop. I better stop here because I don't want nobody thinking. Pastor thinking the people in the church should be going walk around looking homely. No, don't walk around looking homely. Do your hair, child. Put on something nice that fits properly. Put on some cologne, some perfume, whatever you are, you know. Smell good. Get your hair done every, every from time to time. On a, no, regularly. <laughs> Put on some makeup. I'll right, come over here. Put on some makeup. Amen. Well, no, I'm gonna find me a nice man. Man looks on the outward appearance. Oh, yo. Man looks on the outward appearance. Is that what your Bible says? Is that what your Bible says? Man looks on the outward appearance. So it doesn't matter you have a great personality. You need to have a great persona, a great, a great countenance too. Praise the Lord. So I'm not saying go around looking like some hobo. But I'm talking about not being obsessed with this Pursuit of external perfection. Trying to be flawless that way. To the point where iniquity is found on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. Are y'all alright? So again, Satan's the one doing this whole thing. Your Bible says in 1 John 5, 19 that the whole world lies under the sway or the control of the wicked one. So the wicked one is the one prompting society to be focused externally. Hallelujah. On this perfection. So outwardly perfection. And inwardly, man suffices to just be a good person. Or to be a better person. Now we're transitioning here. Because I want to deal with this fact that not only are we uh, in fact, not only should we abstain from that obsession with the external, but we should also abstain from this attempt internally to make ourselves perfect. That's what I want to preach about today. Because both are erroneous. Because the same way people spend money in pursuit of external perfection, People have come up with ways to better themselves or become inwardly perfect. Did you catch that? That's called religion. It's called religion. Say so that's called religion. Religion is man's attempt to better himself internally 
without God. Y'all better stay with me today. Glory to God. The, the, the thing about, <laughs> in fact, I, I've, my, my household is so funny because they, they know about everything going on. And they, they, they told me, tell me about these, um, I'm just going to try to recast the scenario. That there, were, there are these, these people who now they date. Uh, I'm going to throw out a certain family. Keeping up with the, not the Joneses, okay? All right, so that, in that family, and people in that, in that circle, they date people, and they decide, we're going to have a baby, all right? They have these babies. Now, the problem is, people have had all these plastic surgeries, right? They have a thin nose now, or a little nice little personal lips now, whatever. And they, they have these babies together, and they think the babies are going to come out looking like their plastic surgery cells. But the babies come out from your genes. So just because you dyed your hair blonde, your baby hair is not going to come out blonde. Come on now. You might have dyed your skin. Your baby is still going to come out chocolate. Y'all get the point I'm making to you? Because the makeup and more so the surgeries disguise the real you and they're meant to make you feel good about you on the outside. You agree with that? But the danger of religion is that religion likewise disguises the real you and is meant to only make you feel good about you on the inside. I better say that again. Religion disguises the real, the true you and it, the best it does is makes you feel good about you on the inside. Is this helping anybody so far? Glory to God. That's what religion does. You feel good about yourself because of your good behavior. Or your good works. Because of what you do. For example, people who are religious, they'll say things like, I love all people. Well, shouldn't we all love all people? Yes. But people think that their love for all people makes them right. But your love for all people does not make you right. You love all people because you are right. See, but if you've changed the order of it, you've made your love for all people a religious work. So that now you feel good about yourself. Oh, y'all don't like it. I had amens in the early part of the semester. I don't bother anybody. <laughs> I volunteer at the local shelter. I give to charity. Y'all know any people like that? Yeah. Come on, help me out. You know any people like that? You've been trying to tell them about church and winning them to the Lord, and they tell you all the stuff, the stuff that they're doing? Yes. 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 You're trying to tell them about getting born again and 
you know, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, but they keep, they tell you about how, how often they go to the shelter. They go every Thanksgiving, every Christmas I go and I, 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 I help give, give people stuff. And, and when the toys for tots come around, I do all that. They tell you all the stuff that they I, 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 I is religion. It, and yeah, I know it makes you feel good about yourself because of all you do that's the danger and the deception of religion there can be people right here in this church right now sitting up here right in this church and you're just as religious as the guy on, out there at brunch right now Because you feel good about yourself because of what you do. Ah. I give to charity. I recycle. Come on now. I don't use drugs. So what happens is because I don't use drugs and they do, I think I'm better. I must be good. I must be all right with God because I don't use drugs. See, you've just made it all about you and not about God. Hallelujah. I don't eat meat. Come on now. I, I know that's none of y'all. I'm talking about other people out there. But that's our religion. It's man's attempt to justify and perfect himself on the inside. To make himself feel good. People will give to a charity to, 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 to pacify some feeling in themselves about some negative thing they've done. They're, they're, they're trying to pay penance. They're doing these works to pay penance. They're, they're trying to pay off their sins. They're trying to justify themselves and become flawless on the inside by their good works and they're religious you know people like that all over the world in your neighborhood, in your family on your job plenty of people who what I need church for what I need Jesus for I'm a good person I am a good person I am a good person. <laughs> Glory to God. Turn to Romans 10 real quick. Well, it's all right, I guess, huh? Romans 10. Romans 10. See, it was funny we talked about all the makeup. Talked about tummy tucks and stuff like that. 
But there's a religious devil that's running loose, running rampant throughout the world, and even rears his ugly head in the church. Glory to God. Romans 10, this is the problem that the, the Jews had then and to this day. Look at Romans 10 verse 1. Romans 10 verse 1, it says here, Brethren, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Glory to God. I want Israel saved. He says, for I bear them witness or record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Thank you, Lord. They're excited about, you know, the things of God, but they don't, they're ignorant of something. He says, verse three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, of God's righteousness or God's right way of doing things or God's way to be made right and seeking to establish, come on, their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. That's the issue. So they're, they're excited about being perfect, but they're going about it their own way. They don't submit to God's way of doing things. They're not going to come through Jesus Christ and accept his, his work on the cross and accept the salvation and accept the gift of righteousness and the gift of the Holy Ghost. No, they're going to just God, give to charity. I'm, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? Uh, I, I'm going to stop smoking. Oh, I'm going to come down here with y'all. I'm going to stop smoking. Because if I stop smoking now, I'll be more. I'm not, I'm not talking about Christians. I'm talking about non-believers. I'm going to stop smoking. Or you know what? I'm going to stop drinking. Because that's going to make me right. Are y'all hearing this? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Uh, shacking is the word we use. I'm going to stop cohabit cohabitating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get married. That's just the right thing. Well, that, that doesn't make you saved. That's your attempt. My God. My God. That's all you're saying is okay, Buster, keep smoking, drinking, and shacking. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you can't confuse your attempt to make yourself right with God's action he already took to make you right. Are you hearing this? Yes, you know what I'm going to do? So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, there are people that need help around the world. So I'm going to start volunteering at the local shelter at least once or twice every month. I'm going to help those people. And oh, look at you. Yeah, I'm going to send, look at all those poor children to Haiti. I'm going to send money over to Haiti. And that's an attempt. Pastor, we shouldn't send money to Haiti. I'm not saying you shouldn't send money to Haiti. I'm talking about doing that out of your own flesh in your attempt to justify, to better, or even to perfect yourself on the inside. I'm going to walk in all the cancer walks. 
I'm not, see, I'm, I'm just talking about how in the world, because, see, I, I know most of y'all are born again, right? But I'm talking about what you are encountering out there in the world when you're trying to win people to the Lord. And you know people need to be one to the Lord. You know that people need to be saved. But what you're encountering is a, they don't go to church. They're still religious. Religion doesn't mean they go to church. It means they have, they have created their own way. Of, 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 of trying to medicate that, uh, that guilt, that, that negative feeling that, they, that is in there. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. That, that divine nature that God's trying to draw out, they're trying, trying to appease themselves by their own activities, by their own actions. Y'all wake up. Now listen to what I'm saying to you. So, so they, they are missing out on the true salvation that comes through God's righteousness. And so when folks tell you, oh, I, oh, I, I do so-and-so, don't let them off the hook. That don't mean they're saved. That doesn't mean that they're justified. That doesn't mean that they're perfect. That doesn't mean that they're flawless. It means they're good in their eyes. Jesus Christ came along on the scene and said, there is none good but the Father. So it doesn't matter if you give all your goods to the poor. It doesn't matter if you spend all your time in mission trips. Doesn't matter all the things you do on your own. Doesn't matter if you stop drinking, smoking, cussing, doing everything you can. If you don't come to where Jesus Christ, you are not good. Oh boy. Oh boy. Praise the Lord. Calm down, Pastor. So this is the problem. They're trying to establish their own righteousness. They're trying to go through their own religion. Jesus Christ didn't come to establish a religion. Tell you that, but Jesus Christ did not come to establish a religion. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is not a religion. So when people stop, start try to put us in, in this coexist mess. Y'all ever see these bumper stickers all over town and people wear shirts? Can't we all just coexist? No, we can't coexist. We're not a religion. Those are all religions. Those are all man's attempts to please God. Or to please to man's attempt to really satisfy themselves. It's all about self. It's, it's turning, making everything inward, just like the devil became inward. That's how he went from Lucifer, the anointed cherub, to a serpent, to a dragon, to a devil. Because he became inward. Glory to God. Islam is a religion. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to stay there. Because y'all got some, some friends. And they say, no, I don't need to go to go to, go to church because well, we serve the same God. No, we do not. No, we do not. Allah is God. Allah is not God. Allah is a demon. Allah is not God. Allah is a demon. Come on. Their Allah 
their, their God, you read their Quran, and it says to the God, Allah, who has no son. So it's impossible for their Allah to be our Jehovah if our Jehovah has a son named Jesus. They're not the same. Islam is a religion. It is man's failed attempt trying to get to paradise. Trying to get me some virgins over there and over there and over there, over there. Buddhism is religion. Glory to God. I shouldn't see none of y'all walking around buying no Buddha statues and wearing Buddha jeans and all that kind of stuff. Get that, that religion, get that idolatry out of your, out of your household. Yeah, they claim true religion. Buddhism, it's man's attempt. Hinduism, man's attempt. Come on, man's attempt. Hinduism. Hinduism, they got Isaiah 45, verse 5 and 6. He said, besides me, there is no other. In Hinduism, there are thousands of gods. Thousands of gods. And here y'all all walk around in yoga pants. Letting your children take yoga in school. Yoga is Hindu worship. It's Hindu worship. You meditating? What? That's Hindu worship. That is man's attempt. Oh, I'm trying to find inner peace. Inner peace? Jesus said, I will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is staying on me. You can't make your own inner peace. He is a prince of peace. God is a God of peace. Don't get into that religion. It's to make people feel good on the inside about themselves. Let me go and throw in all y'all little African religions too. Let me go and throw in all y'all little African religions too. Let me throw in all the little stuff y'all learning up there in the trapping in the hood over there in the corner somewhere about all the African gods, all that. No, 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 no. God is the only living God. And beside him, there is no other. Oh, mighty Isis, I shut up. Oh, we gotta worship Mother Earth. Mother Earth. God is the Father of Life. He didn't. The Earth didn't create you. God created the heavens and the earth. And when He wanted you, He spoke you. See, but you get into that and you think, oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a, because, because I'm going to be a better person. Because in every one of those religions, in, in Muslim, in Islam, you know, we're not going to smoke. We're not, we don't get all that drinking. We don't beat women. Well, well, look at you. Wonderful guy you are because you don't beat women. A good Muslim will never beat a woman. Well, you ain't got to be a Muslim to not beat a woman. You got to be a man with self-respect. 
nothing to do with Islam. And I might as well add this in here too. And the love of God, which is real love, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, according to Romans 5. So I don't care what you do, you can't really love anybody. Really love anybody without the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you. That's where real love comes from. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Y'all got two more minutes. Can I have them? So we're not in the Hinduism, not in the Islam. You know, Hindu don't get in all that yoga and stuff and Hinduism and, and uh, uh, Islam and and you know you got you. Assalamu alaikum. No, ain't no assalamu alaikum. Nothing. I might shalom you every once in a while. Shalom. <laughs> Peace. Shalom. Hello. Good morning. Can I just let's go and bust this here? Uh, and Pastor Bumpus said it last week. Because if, when you go out and you talking to people, they're talking about, well, Christianity, that's that white man's religion. So what? I'm not in a religion of Christianity. What it got to do with me? Jesus didn't come to establish religion. He came to reestablish a fellowship between God and his children. Not a religion. So when you become born again, it's not about do's and don'ts. It's about halves. I have eternal life. I have the peace of God. I have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's what I have. I have an inheritance with the saints. I have something. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Give me Ephesians chapter 2 real quick. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9. I got a few more minutes left here. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9. Glory to God. God, Jesus Christ came to us to reestablish a perfect fellowship between man and Father God. He did his work on the cross. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, watch this. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. And that not of yourselves. So it's not about what you do. People tell you what they do. They ain't saved. They're religious. It is the gift. Oh, thank you, Lord. It is the gift is implied free. It is the gift of God. Verse nine, verse nine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ephesians two, verse, verse nine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm be finding my Bible. Y'all got not of works. Not of works. Lest anyone should. So when people tell you, I, 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 you know what they're doing? They're boasting. When somebody tells you, you know what, I'm a better person now. Really? What makes you a better person now? Well, I stopped drinking two weeks ago. Congratulations. Look at you. 
do-gooder. <laughs> Climb up on that cross all by yourself, didn't you? Drove those nails in your own hands all by yourself, didn't you? Put those nails in your own feet all by yourself, didn't you? You are so wonderful. Is anybody hearing this preacher here today? So it is the gift of God, not of works, as anyone should boast. So it's not your works. Works is, is religious. Works is your, just like, just come on husbands, just like the women. Uh, well, every, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the women. Everybody, they work on this outer exterior, this exterior thing. People work on the inside without the help of God trying to become trying to become flawless, trying to become perfect and are still corrupt on the inside. Give me uh, Romans 5:17 because Jesus came to give us the gift of righteousness. Romans 5, 17. So it says, For if by, the, by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those uh, who receive abundance of grace and what? Yes. Of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So righteousness is a gift. You can't make yourself right. You can't earn righteousness. You can't work uh, to become righteous. It's a gift given to us. Y'all got it? 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Says, for he, God, made him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we have become, if you're born again, we have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right? Not we did it ourselves. I didn't, I, I, I didn't make myself better. I can't make myself better. You can't make yourself right. You can't make yourself perfect. You can't make yourself flawless. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's look at something here. I want you to head to Hebrews, please. Go back to the book of Hebrews. Just like with makeup, that it must constantly be reapplied. Huh? Just like makeup must constantly be reapplied. Yes. Am I right about it? Yes. Y'all do know that, right, ladies? Yes. You can't wear makeup today and keep it on for the next three months. You got to take it. You gotta, when you go home tonight, you clean them. You got to wash your face. I wash them. Girls them out. They spend as much time cleaning it off, taking it off. You, you sleep in it. You're clogging your pores and all that. Kind of. I'm, I'm, tra I'm training y'all about that makeup thing, ain't I? I've got women in my house. You got to clean that stuff off your skin. You can't sleep in that. So that means the next morning you got to get up and reapply. But just like you have to do that with makeup, religion makes you constantly reapply. It makes you constantly work to be perfect. That's what religion does. Never satisfied. Religion is what have you done for me lately? Religion is I got to go do something else good again. 
trying to trying to make myself appear right. But Jesus didn't do that for us. That's not how it is with him, right? Everything he did, he did it once and for all to finish work. Remember the scripture in John 19 verse 30, Jesus Christ said it is finished. He said it is finished. Now, Hebrews chapter 2. Now, remember this definition of flawless I gave you. Without any blemishes or imperfections. It means perfect. Now, Hebrews 2. <clears throat> How many of you all would believe me if I told you Jesus Christ is perfect? Do you think you'd have any arguments with anybody from that? All right. Okay, so let's look at Hebrews 2, verse 9. <clears throat> Glory to God. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might, test, might taste death for everyone. Amen. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, that's God, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. You see that? So God made Jesus perfect through sufferings. It means what he went through. Perfected Jesus. So is he perfect? Alright, now watch. Verse 11. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. Got it? So he who sanctifies is God. And those who are being sanctified, that's us. And it says we are all one or of one or the same source for which he Jesus Christ rather is not ashamed to call them brethren so Jesus Christ calls us his brothers and sisters right now uh, many times we've had, had to remind you know we have four kids in our, in our house uh, in our house and uh, we've had to remind them particularly younger ones uh, many times that they are brothers and sisters in other words uh, you're not mama y'all are on the same level Y'all not getting it. So I, we have to remind sometimes the sisters, uh, you can't beat my son because you're not his mama. You're his sister. He might cut up, but you're on the same level. Y'all you understanding this? So if we're brethren with Jesus. All right, y'all come over here. Okay, if we're brethren with Jesus Christ, then you and I are now... On the same level, I know your some of y'all your does not compute, does not compute. That's religious mind, because religious mind tells you I'm not perfect, I'm not flawless. He is, so I can't be on the same level. But the Bible says that those of us who are sanctified, being sanctified, we are on the same level, are all of one with the one who sanctifies. So he's not ashamed to call us brethren. I can't be lesser if we're all of one. Now I need you to just, just, 
just shut that religious demon out up. He was trying to talk in your ear. Now, I don't believe that. Don't believe that. You, get, you know what you did last night. You did what you know what you did. You know, you know, you ain't there yet. You ain't made it yet. Shut him up. Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. I'm going to show you this here. Hebrews 5, verse 8 and verse 9. Y'all there? Okay, this is about Jesus Christ, okay? Though he was a son... Yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Okay, verse 9. And having been perfected, he became the author the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So Jesus again, he has been perfected. We're his brethren. And the Bible says that he became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. How many of you all obey Jesus? All right, I obey Jesus Christ. So I'm obeying him or he that has been perfected. Y'all got it? All right. Chapter 7. Same book. Same book. Are you there? Verse 28. Verse 28. <laughs> For the law appoints as high priests men who have weaknesses. But the word of the oath, this is different now, which came after the law appoints the son, not who has weaknesses, who has been perfected forever. Glory to God. So Jesus is flawless. How many of y'all believe that? How many of y'all believe that? Oh, he's a son of God. Yes, but remember, he, did, he wasn't flawless because he was a son of God. He was flawless because he became obedient. He was flawless because he went through the suffering. He was perfected. He had to go through a process. He became perfected through that process. Are y'all with me on that? Are y'all with me on that? Now, I'm about to show you something here. I got to make sure you're with me so far now. So he has been perfected, right? You got it? Yeah. Glory to God. Which means there's no fault in him whatsoever. He is blameless. Without blemish. Without any imperfection. Right? Okay. Glory to God. Now, remember what we read in Hebrews 2.11. We're all of one. Okay? Now, go to Hebrews 10. Glory to God. That's what we started this morning. And this is where we're going, we're going to end here in just a second here. Hebrews 10, verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. That's under the law, right? But this man, capital M, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down. Which means he's not doing this all the time anymore. He sat down. Glory to God. At the right hand of God. Verse 13. From that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Now watch verse 14. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay, look at me. Is Jesus perfect? Yes. He's been perfected, right? Yes. Flawless. Flawless. No faults. No blemishes. Yes. Blameless. Yes. Now watch verse 14. For by one offering, he has. Y'all, not there. 
the neighbor and say, look at me, 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 look at me. Don't judge by what you see. Don't go by how I look. But on the inside, I'm flawless. I'm flawless. I'm perfect. You better catch this here. You better catch this here because, see, a religious devil will tell you even right now, no, that's impossible. You're not perfect. You're not flawless because you know you still have those kind of thoughts and those kind of ideas and those kind of things come to your head. And you know, you almost cussed that person out yesterday. They cut you off in traffic. And you think about all of the things you've done, all the things you used to do, all the things that you even think about doing late on the day. But God said, you can't perfect yourself by your actions. You've been perfected by his uh, God. By his actions, the actions of the flawless one has made you flawless. By one offering, by one work on Calvary, you have been perfected forever. Those who are being Okay, now what does that mean? Um, see, there, there's, a, there's a process here. I'm being, being is present tense, present continual. I am being sanctified. So, okay, here it is. I'm, I'm, so it's being sanctified. Sanctified means being set apart or separated. It means be, to be disconnected from things, activities, or places or people that are, are not good for me. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. Okay, so I am being sanctified. How many of y'all remember the sanctified church? Yes. I grew up in what's called a sanctified church. Yes. Holiness church. Yes. Hand clapping, yes. foot stomping, yes. tongue talking. Holy Ghost church. Yes. Now what we did back in those days, and a lot of people still do it, is they, they say if you sanctified, sanctified is based on the length of the woman's skirt. Yes. You better not have no pants on, you old hussy. You had to have on a skirt down to your... <laughs> right? This is what, what it was. <laughs> Am I right, Nikki? You remember that back in the day. So you, you had to have it down to a certain length and everything. And, uh, you know, men, we couldn't even wear shorts. So you had to go to PE. Come on now. Sanctified. By how we looked. Women always wore their hair in them little buns. They ain't getting no nice hairstyles like y'all had these nice updos and downdos and all them <laughs> Galaxy 5000 dudes y'all have today. They ain't had none of that. They had put on a little bun with a little cap on that thing to cover it up. They call that being sanctified. But that's not being sanctified. It's being set apart. It's being, it's being separated from the things of this world. And we are being sanctified. So if, if, if now, uh, now I'm not drinking anymore, it's not because I'm not drinking to be good. It's I'm not drinking because I'm already perfected on the inside and I am being sanctified on the outside. If now I walk in victory over cigarettes or all, whatever vices you want to talk about, it's all kind of stuff. It's all kind of stuff. It's because I am on the outside being in the process of constantly in the process of being sanctified because I have already been perfected. People are trying to trying to sanctify themselves to become perfect. Oh my God. Oh, you gotta hear this. Oh, I, I know, I know a man. Oh my God, this hurt me so bad years ago. Sister Patricia, there was a, a, a guy who I knew him his whole life to be walking with the Lord. 
serving God. I mean, just would sing and I mean, just just a minister serve God. And one day, I remember he came through the barbershop where I was working. He came through and he would he just apologized to everybody. Just apologize for what? I just I'm just so sorry. The next the next day we found out he committed suicide. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Minister Johnny? Minister suicide. Why? This guy was he loved God with everything in his heart. But what happened was he found some flaw in himself that he didn't know he was already perfected. Nobody had told him that he's already perfected and that he was being. Everybody say, I'm being. Come on now, help yourself. Tell your neighbor as a neighbor. Please be patient with me. I'm being sanctified. I'm not, I'm not perfect outwardly. I'm being sanctified. But on the inside, I'm already perfect. I'm already flawless. I'm already without blame. I'm already without fault. I'm already without blemish. Give me uh, the book of Jude. Jude, which has one chapter, verse uh, 24 and 25. Jude 24. It says now, just, just for 24 would be fine. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Ah, God. And to present you flawless. Flawless. Before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Verse 25, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Now, I learned this verse as a Kojic boy. As a Kojic boy, we taught this verse, memorized this verse, Church of God in Christ. But nobody told me I was perfect already. They didn't, they didn't teach me that I was faultless already. They taught me, I don't want to talk about them, but I was, I, was, I was under the impression, I'll just put it that way, that I had to make sure I avoided stepping on the cracks lest I break my mama back. Y'all know what I mean by that? I had to make sure I just... So therefore, uh, you know, I, you backslid every week. Had to get saved again every week. I didn't know I was already faultless and blameless and flawless before God. All I had to do was just simply confess my sins to him. No, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. All right, let me give you two more verses here. We'll close out. Let's close out. My time is already up. So everybody say, I'm perfect. But I'm being sanctified. I'll deal with that next week here. Y'all come back next week. We're going to talk about that because that's what we got to deal with. I'm perfect, but I'm being sanctified. I'm flawless on the inside, but I'm being. Something's still happening. Changes are still being made. Improvements and adjustments and modifications are still being made. But on the inside, on the inside. 
If Jesus, oh my God, if he cracks the sky right now, I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord because I'm already flawless on the inside. So some things I haven't gotten all straightened out yet, but I'm already on the inside flawless. Ephesians 5.25 real quick. Ephesians 5.25. Help me out, media. I've got to speak to a closer. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives. You can do that, right? All right, now watch this, this scenario. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify that's that's sanctify and cleanse her that he wait that he might sanctify not that she might sanctify that he might hold oh, are y'all hearing this that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word so the word is what washes us the Bible says in John 15, we are clean through the word God has spoken to us. Isaiah, uh, uh, Psalm 119 says, how shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto to the word of God? Hallelujah. All right, so we're clean by the word, right? And he's doing the work. All right, go back. Give me that scripture, please. All right. Verse uh, 26. So by the word, washing of the water by the word, verse 27. Here it is. That he might present her to himself that he might you notice who's doing all the work here right that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or or that she should be holy and without blemish now I was given the impression that for us to be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing to be holy and without blemish it was based on my works but it's not he doeth the works <laughs> I went King James on y'all Father God through Jesus Christ does the works my job is to allow him you ever tried to bathe a baby or a dog I'm talking about you, you got to bathe someone who can't bathe themselves and you ever do that and, and you just, just be still just be still be still let me watch you I got it now in particular a little child as the child starts you know turning into a little toddler and you're trying to bathe them and everything and they want to try to what the way and down and, and grab the rag be still let me bathe you God is saying child be still let me bathe you just go along with what I'm doing go along with how I'm moving you go along with those thoughts I'm putting in your mind go along with that word I'm bringing to your heart go along with that revelation I'm showing you because I am sanctifying you so that you now begin to look like on the outside what I've already made you on the inside 
You got it? So he's doing the work. One last place here and then we can quit. Matter of fact, stand to your feet. Psalm number 50. Psalm number 50. Verse 1. Remember we just read the church. God is beautifying the church, right? He's already made us flawless on the inside. Psalm 50, verse 1. The mighty one, God the Lord has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. Now look at verse 2. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Now, if you don't know anything about Zion, you're not excited the least bit. But if you understand, Zion is you. Zion is the church, the body of Christ. And your word says, out of Zion. Not out of Jerusalem. Out of Zion. Not out of Christianity. Not out of religion. Out of Zion, that's the church. The perfect, notice what the Bible prophesied about us hundreds of years before this was written, before, before Jesus Christ came to, to do the work. The perfection of beauty. Now, if God's calling us the perfection of beauty, remember now that's what Lucifer was called. He was the perfection of beauty. But now we got a spot. We are the perfection of beauty. And it says, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. So God will shine forth out of that perfect, flawless, blameless, faultless, unblemished spirit that's on the inside of you. You're already perfect. Well, what about Paul, Pastor? Didn't Paul said, I've not already attained either, I'm already perfect? Well, he did say that. But what he was talking about when he said, I'm not already perfect, I haven't already attained, he was talking about, I have not, not attained to my full, I've not completed my job yet. I'll teach you that later on. But Paul is the same guy who said that, who wrote in Hebrews that we have been perfected. So you and I are already perfect, flawless, before God. And God did the work. It's not what we, what we could have done, because if we did it, we could have boasted. But since we didn't do it, we have no reason to boast. But to rejoice in God that he took old messes and made us the perfection of beauty. I don't care how you look on the outside, on the inside, you're perfect. Listen to me, I don't care what you're still struggling with. On the outside, on the inside, you're perfect. Can you get a hold of that? Can everybody get a hold of that? On the inside, you're perfect. Now, if you're struggling with it, that's a religious devil. Trying to convince you, no, that's not the case. But he's a liar. We read the word. Let God be true. And every man or every devil be a liar. So know that you're perfect before God. Now once you know that, now you allow God to just sanctify you. 
Lord, anything in me that's not pleasing to you, I just, I give that. I, I, don't, I don't want anything that's, that's getting in the way. I want to I let that perfection come out on the outside. And he'll do it. Just show you how to walk it out. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you today for the word we've received. Thank you for each person who's been here to hear the word. Those who watch online and those who watch or listen for years to come. I pray that, Lord, that we will really come to a full revelation and recognize the awesome work you've done for us. When Jesus Christ said on the cross, it is finished, it was really finished. And they got all we had to do was just simply receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and not try to work our own righteousness, not try to do our own thing, not try to make our own selves pleasing or acceptable to you, Lord, but know that you have made us acceptable to you, Lord. In fact, your word says you have made us, in Ephesians chapter 1, accepted in the beloved. You made us accepted in the beloved. We didn't do it ourselves, you did it. Now I pray, Father, that as we understand that perfection of beauty that's, that we are, that we will allow you to continue to sanctify us. That we will allow you to continue to wash us by the water of the word. That we will spend enough time with you in your word and in prayer in fellowship with you, not for religious reasons, but for the purpose of God just, just yielding ourselves to you. You said, Lord, if we look into that perfect, into that law of liberty, that mirror, you said your word is a mirror, just like we have mirrors for the outside, your word is the mirror for the inside of us. So thank you that your word shows us our perfection and that God, wherever on the outside in our, in our attitude, in our walk, in our lifestyle there's any blemishes you know how to sanctify us Lord thank you that you sanctify us wholly completely through and through now father we give ourselves to you and thank you for what you've done and God will live out our days walking in righteousness because you've made us righteous so we thank you and we give you all the praise and the glory and honor for it. we pray in Jesus name amen. Amen. amen and amen give God a hand if you receive that word today